Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your very sunburned mayor of PHNX, and I am joined by my pasty-skinned uh, vice mayor of, of PHNX. It is my co-host. Uh, I don't know what he wants me to call him now, but I refuse to call him any of his uh prognosticator nicknames but it's not friar friedman or freer friedman or whatever but he is thunderstick jesse friedman do you do you burn easily derek have we had this conversation you know what's weird is like i was surprised i hadn't burned before this just because i'm not taking great care to like put on any kind of sunblock or anything like that i don't typically burn i'm latin i'm i'm hispanic i'm puerto rican so i shouldn't burn easily but my mother my mother and her damn my mother and her damn skin right so like i burn (laughs) fairly easily and i i was surprised that it took this long but i was also standing out in the sun today for just unknown amounts of time and it's it's starting jesse it's starting to get to that point where you start to realize very quickly why spring training games would already have started and been in full swing by this point on a normal year. But before we get to that, we want to remind you guys that this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and new customers can get in on the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in on all the action before the first team tips off on Thursday. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet $5 on any team to win, and you will get $200 in free bets using our code of PHNX if your team does. It's that simple. If they win, you win at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse had a fun day out at the first day of Arizona Diamondbacks Major League Camp, spring camp. It, all the guys were out there reporting, so there was no there was no difference like there normally is of pitchers and catchers reporting early. There uh, pretty much were drills and, and things going on. Got to see Mad Bum out there with his magnificent beard. His beard is incredible. He has not it looks shaved a little, a little fluffier this year. He has not shaved since last year. Yes, since last uh, last wow. season. Wow. So he is letting both uh, both the hair grow and and the losses sit inside of a very dark place inside of him because he said he has not forgotten what what happened last year. And I I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It's a little wow. bit of a it's a little bit of a killer mentality. And I think that again. It's uh, a team that's been counted out already, probably for this season. So 
at, at least last season, they were not projected to be as bad. So now they're projected to be very bad, or at least people project them to be bad. I don't think the sure. actual projections uh, project them to be as bad as people think they're going to be. I think that now with zero expectations, the coaching staff in place, and an honest-to-God chip on their shoulder about proving people wrong about the talent of this team, I, I'm I'm a bit excited to see what, what we'll get out of them. The, the drills, though, you and I were talking beforehand, the drills are a bit laughable, uh, <laughs> but it just shows how important fundamentals of baseball are. They were doing the same drills that I did when I was in Little League, and right. it's it's just incredible to see, you know, these major league players, a lot of them who have been still doing this type of work on their own and in, in player organized practices are still doing these really basic drills that no matter how good or bad you are, we're, we're all required to do. The Diamondbacks have, have received a lot of credit over the last several years just for being a fundamentally sound team. Uh, you feel like I feel yeah. like that's something that you hear other teams say about them a lot. And maybe last year is the exception to that. There, there were a number of number of outfield miscommunications and different things like that that I think they wanted to clean up and and hopefully they'll be able to do that this season, but that's been a calling card of this franchise for really a long time, particularly during Tori Lovello's tenure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it might be kind of hilarious to watch all these grown men, like, you know, do this drill where they're running from home to first base and that's it. Like there's nothing else to it. And then they get back in line and they do it again. Those are, I mean, you start at the very basics and then, and then you work your way up. So I'm sure if you're out there, that's, that's what you're seeing right now. We started from the bottom. Now we're here, Jesse, and you got to start from the bottom, I guess, no matter what. (laughs) I will say, though, that uh, and I, I, there were some fans coming out. There was some restriction to watching it, but fran- fans could still watch from the bridge, the major league practice, or they could park in the center field lot and watch the minor league guys on, on the cloverleaf fields over there on, I think, the east side of the facility. Is that, uh, a, is that a COVID restriction? Is that why that's in place? I, don't, Do we know? I, think, I think so. We were required to wear masks when we went into the clubhouse, but we did have clubhouse access returned to us. So we were able to yeah. go in the clubhouse. Uh, we got to see Cattell Marte. We got to see a lot of guys. Uh, and that was great for me as, as, as somebody that has been doing this for a while. Uh, I, I joke about how easy the Zoom meetings made it on us, right? But uh, I really missed the opportunity to just go in there to talk to people, hear stories. Uh, Merrill Kelly had a baby, so congratulations to Merrill Kelly and, mm. and his family. This is was news to me. So this is the type of stuff you hear, and you guys get to get a chance to talk uh, to these guys. And and you know, again, kind of, uh, uh, I, I think for me personally, it's always uh, made them into normal human beings for me. You know, it's easy for us as fans and even as journalists to think of these guys as like superhuman comic book characters. Yeah. Especially as a fan. <laughs> uh, I, I know that's how I idolize players. So, you know, again, just seeing them on good nights, bad nights, seeing them be excited right now as they are, you know, the, the talk of camp was how excited they were just to be back to baseball, how little they really cared about the work stoppage. You know, none of them wanted it. Nobody wanted to not be playing baseball. So they're so like, and they're, they're being very nice. So they're answering all our questions about it when it comes to how they felt and what they were doing and all of that. Uh, But there was definitely a feel of like, 
we just want to put that behind us now and get out there and play baseball uh, and and hopefully talk more about baseball and less about the lockout. Let's let's try to get people you know back on on just being excited about the game. Uh, Tori Lavolo mm-hmm. spoke to media. Uh, weird, like again, you talk about a moment for me personally, Jesse. Uh, just sitting next to Tori, watching the live BP. Uh, he was chatting with us about how fast we as writers write, especially when we're transcribing uh, quotes and, <laughs> and interviews. Uh, Nick Picoro is a, a madman, so he was over there doing one, and he was just typing a million miles a minute. I was telling him how it would take me 20, uh, listening to his his interview 20 times for me to make sure I didn't misquote him. You know, So there's definitely a difference between uh, myself and Nick Bacoro, but in a surreal moment, you know, we're just sitting there watching live BP and it's almost like a Sandlot game of watching Merrill Kelly pitch to David Peralta and, you know, Caleb Smith. Uh, I believe it was Carson Kelly took Caleb Smith super deep for a home run. And that was just exciting to of course be there it was for. A, course it was against the lefty. Oh Carson yeah. Oh, always lefty against the lefty. Violence. Yeah. <laughs> It was just cool, though. It was very cool to be there again. Just, you know, it's like I've kind of grown used to it. You you grow used to it when you go out to Salt River Fields and you're seeing just baseball players play baseball, right? So we've had a chance to see that for the last two weeks and it being minor league guys. The major league guys, though, are just so much more fun to watch. I, I think they're, their attitudes are different. They're so much more relaxed. They're excited to be there. They know each other more, so there's a lot more joking you know when guys were getting hits in the live bp there's this peanut gallery of waiting hitters that are talking about what it would have been you know like whistling at it (laughs) be like that's a double that's a double you know and stuff like that so all of that i get a kick out of that but it really the atmosphere was great at camp you know these guys seem loose they seem ready they seem excited to play baseball interestingly uh interestingly enough tori lavolo does not have an opening day starter decided yet just in case anybody was wondering about that <laughs> that's shocking uh, tori lavello always yeah. names his opening day starter on day one on day one of camp no, I'm, uh, we're, we're being sarcastic tori lavello <laughs> never names his, you know, his opening day starter on day one uh, and understandably so yeah but we also had uh him reveal that there will not be any of the 40-man roster guys or any of the uh, any of the holdout anybody that couldn't be at camp will not be involved in the first two spring training games. It might extend beyond that. That's just the plan tentatively. It's to be determined yet when those guys will get into games. But right now, if you're planning on going out to the first two games on Thursday and Friday, I don't want to I don't want to say it's disappointing because I know a lot of Diamondbacks fans are excited about seeing the minor league guys. But there's a good chance if they haven't been in the mini camp, involved in the mini camp that they won't be uh, in the game. There's a good chance though, that you could still see Alec Thomas, uh, Corbin Carroll, all of those kind of guys. Uh, Alec Thomas is actually part of the, uh, non roster invitees right now. That's part of the right major league camp. So that's very cool to see him at that level, kind of getting this time now that he's been at the mini camp and, and all of that. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's great to have baseball back, Jesse. It's great to be out there and it's great to see, uh, again, Madison Bumgarner, uh, throwing pitches and and being active on the first day he still takes a reluctant leader role and someone even asked him a question about that about being a leader and it's just so not him you know you're never going to get madison bumgarner like the mentor but sure you know at the same time he's definitely i think a lead by example kind of guy and 
Uh, I just think that he's doing an excellent job as far as um, just being there on the first day and having a, a pretty positive attitude, I guess you could say, for old Madison Bumgarner. One of the not-so-positive things uh, from camp today that I think we should mention is we did hear some news regarding Zach Gallen uh, that was unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Tori Lovello, I think he's the one who, who said this. Zach Gallen, over the offseason, uh, was diagnosed with bursitis in his shoulder. Uh, he was having some shoulder issues, and of course, he couldn't go to the team doctors for an MRI because uh, you know they were cut off from each other at that point due to the lockout. Um, so he got an MRI on his own and he was diagnosed with bursitis. Um, and, and I'll have our listeners know that my dad is actually a retired physician. And so we have a resident medical expert whenever we have need. Um, granted, in order to really know anything about these things, I think you have to like examine the actual individual. But uh, Did you for call this him case, I, I I texted him and we had a conversation <laughs> and I found out more about what bursitis is. So okay. again, I I can't really guarantee that. Uh, you know, obviously there's information about Zach Gallon's specific no, situation no, that we have Dr. no way Friedman, of knowing. Get us get us an update here, Doctor Friedman, on what bursitis yeah. is at the very least. Yeah. So Doctor Friedman says that bursitis in itself is fairly benign if not accompanied by structural abnormality may be treated with a steroid injection though repeated injections could lead to injury to rotator cuff tendons um and he says something about uh several weeks downtime um being a uh, a necessity in order to recover from that uh, i don't know if you i don't know if you know from what tory said about when exactly this happened because obviously this wasn't something that like just happened now. Um, do we know if this is something that happened that he was diagnosed with like a week ago or a month ago or what the timeline is? I want to say he said in December, but okay. I would have to go back and listen to it again for sure. Okay. Um, if that's true, then it's it's possible that, you know, this this few weeks of downtime um, that, that Dr. Friedman has warned us of. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, Zach Allen is already on the other side of that. Um, again, this is all, you know, general speculation. Well, you know, without... I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know how this would affect him. But Zach Gallen was out there doing defensive pitching drills today. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think defensive like, this... pit, like, what do you what do you mean? Like, just like fielding grounders off the mound sort of. A yeah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so okay. he wasn't I mean, at the very least, he wasn't like down. Like could tell Marte, for instance, he had scratched. I guess his eye or like did something with like a contact to his eye. Oh. So he wasn't dressed or practicing or anything today. He was wearing like actual glasses, which we don't see him in typically. And he was just in street clothes. So Marte okay. wasn't like practicing due to that. So with, with gallon, it's, it's different because even if he's in uniform and he's, game, still, he's participating. still in uniform, yeah, he's still out yeah. there participating in defensive drills and stuff so that's at least a good sign right because i don't think right. if the injury was serious uh even even if for the time it's going to prevent him from pitching he at the very least is still uh you know completing uh, you know physical activity is this the type of injury like where that the name is that a condition or is that some sort of abnormality that forms on tendons or something what is what is the name like what is that yeah yeah it's called it's called bursitis and it 
it seems like something that's treatable that that goes away. I'm not gonna try okay. to give like a precise medical. No, 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 no. no that's why. So but, it's like, yeah. But the take, I think the takeaway is that you know when I first saw this news about Gallon, immediately you know the alarm goes off because we we all know that Gallon had um, a slight issue with his UCL last year, uh, which yeah. we were told cleared up, and he came back and. Didn't seem quite like the same guy down the stretch, but from from what we knew, he was healthy at the time. Um, and you always wonder if if you know that's something that could flare up again. So this is the shoulder. Uh, bursitis seems completely unrelated to any of the elbow sure. issues that Gallon would have had. So that's the good news here. This isn't um, you know this isn't an injury that is uh, that is like stacking on top of another injury or anything like that. It seems like something that's separate and something that should be treatable. And, and probably doesn't change his outlook for the season drastically. It's uh, it's it's good to know, uh, but it's still concerning, right? It's still concerning. Yeah, that... it still sucks. I mean, it's still like I feel so bad for all the Diamondbacks fans who are going crazy on Twitter today because it's like, all right, here we go, and so it begins, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is just par for the course last year, and to see this happening before the season even starts like it did last year. I think gallons uh, gallon last year was also held out for a start or two uh, right as the season began due right, to because of the micro fracture, because that happened in spring training. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. That and that's of course that was because he was swinging a bat, which, which we hopefully won't have issues with now, but, uh, but yes. Someone asked Tori if the pitchers would be doing any kind of, did you ask Bunting? Tori if, if Mad Bum is going to DH? Of course we asked Tori. I didn't ask him, but it, the question was asked about Mad Bum. He <laughs> is not going to give me Mad Bum as a DH. He's not even going to give me Mad Bum as a pinch hitter. Uh, he's he's pretty cemented on that. But he definitely said if it's up to him, it doesn't sound like the, bat, the pitchers will be uh, lifting a bat at all, even in a practice kind of capacity. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely something that's going away. It sure. will be interesting to see how that correlates to pitchers now being able to go deeper into games. Mm. Just between not only the physical, like because especially someone like let's say someone like Madbum or Zach Granke who like to get on base, right? Like they like to get on base, they like to run. Like that's just more physicality that your pitcher doesn't necessarily need to be out there doing that they're doing. Not sure. to mention the fact that in you know National League games. As I've talked about, that's part of the strategy, but the the double-sided sort of it, I guess you could say, is that the you know, you also have times where in order to generate offense, a, a manager is forced to pull pull a pitcher that's doing well out of the game just so that they can make that move to try to get a pinch hitter in or something of the sort. So uh yeah, we won't be seeing that anymore. And I I've I'm okay with it, but I'm still not okay with seeing Mad Bum not hit. That's not that's not cool. I want to see Mad <laughs> Bum hit. Uh, but by the way, uh, like I told you guys earlier, new customers right now can get down on the biggest tournament of the year over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. There's only a few days left. Thursday, same day as the first Arizona Diamondbacks spring training game, the action tips off. And on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can get a shot uh, to bet just $5 on any team to win using our code of PHNX and get $200 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If they win, you win over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Also, don't forget, existing customers can get down get down on same-game parlays or with the tournament, multiple-game parlays, whichever way you want to see fit. 
the more legs you add, the more money you win. It's that simple. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over only. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Dell 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Old friend alert, Jesse. Old friend alert. Speaking of beards, speaking of beards, speaking of a jersey that I had hanging in the back of my closet that I bought on clearance one time at the Arizona Diamondbacks yard sale. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but at their fan fest, they have a yard sale where they tend to sell old players that have moved on their jerseys, their stuff. I got myself a whole chest worth of Ian Kennedy goods and look who's the smart man for doing so now. I bought a $15 Ian, Ian Kennedy jersey, Jesse, and that bad boy is back in style. The red beard is back in Sedona Red. He is. He is back. Uh, $4.75 million, uh, $2.35 million in incentives. And uh, Nick Pecoro also posted um, after the fact that apparently there's a $4 million mutual option for 2023 as well. So it does oh. have... Uh, potential to be a two-year deal uh ian k represented by scott boris so um i feel like diamondbacks fans should feel a sense of pride have a, a boris client uh plays on um but yeah i wrote a uh i wrote a move today um you can get my full thoughts over on gophnx.com but uh, but yeah, Ian Kennedy is back. And what's wild to me, Derek, is I don't think I, I realize how long Ian Kennedy has been in the majors for. He debuted in 2007, and this upcoming season will be his 16th that is in the wild. majors. That is wild. Which is so weird because I those types of players that last, you know, 10, 12, 14 years everyone knows their name because at that point you've just been around for so long, but somehow I don't know what it is with Ian Kennedy, but I feel like he's kind of flown under the radar as one of the more durable, reliable pitchers uh, in the game. And of course he is a very different pitcher now than he was back in 2013 uh, when the Diamondbacks into the Padres um, he's a reliever, of course, no longer a starting pitcher. He's been firmly supplanted as a reliever for the last several years. He's a closer. Uh, he had 26 saves last year, uh, saving both for the Rangers and the Phillies. Uh, his numbers uh, across the board were pretty solid. A 3.20 ERA, 1.10 whip, 62 strikeouts, only 17 walks. Uh, that's covering 56 in the third innings last year between the Phillies and the Rangers. So by and large, I mean, it's, it's hard to dislike something. This I, I view this Derek and you know, there's, there's some, some parameters that do a little bit concerned that maybe Ian Ken isn't quite the pitcher that those numbers might indicate, but nonetheless, I mean, the diamondbacks have two viable closers. Like when's the last time the diamondbacks were in a position where they entered a season with two guys who were viable closers the year before. I don't know if I can really ever remember a time where that was the case. 
I think the bigger thing here is just the back end relief help, right? It's the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks have never had quality relievers that they could rely on. I feel like that has become a priority for them. I think they looked at how many one game run one one run games they lost last season. I think that they looked at a lot of things that went wrong last season. Sure. I truly believe that the Diamondbacks are of the mindset right now that the coaching is the thing that's going to win games for this team. That they feel like the the talent that they have, the actual physical bodies, the muscles on guys is enough to get the job done if properly coached. I saw Brent Strom already out there today on day one telling pitchers how they needed to do things uh, in order to help out with the defensive game and, and such. And that was in the middle of, again, these very uh, minor league or not minor league, little league-esque you know, defensive drills that are <laughs> you know the keys here. But Strom is out there telling the pitchers what their role is in this. He is active on day one. And I mean, I'm sure there was no doubt that he wasn't going to come in or any of these coaches were going to come in firing and, and ready to go. But, you know, again, there is no holding back. I saw Jeff Bannister out there leading guys. I saw, you know, Strom out there leading drills. So these guys are already very active in this team and already passing their knowledge on. So I feel like the mindset of, of Mike Hazen at this point is that they really can coach this team to being a, a team that wins. And I don't know how crazy that is. You know, there's something yeah. to be said at times about baseball teams and the fact that there are these teams that, you know, their their players average 250 or below, yet somehow they win their division and go on to, you know, make noise in a in the playoffs and such, right? Sometimes it is a, a team effort. Sometimes it's about getting the most out of guys and not having necessarily those high-paid high, high superstars. I'm not trying to get too ahead of ourselves here, you know, with this situation, but like someone like Ian Kennedy, there's something about the fact that he was a part of that anybody, anytime team and that mentality and having him back here in the locker room is, might be that leader. You know, I think he is kind of one of those guys that doesn't mind taking on a bit of that leader role. And like you said, with his experience, with his resume, with his time in Major League Baseball, he really can offer a lot to a team comprised of a bunch of young, inexperienced guys that haven't really seen much success and playoff ex you know, experience and things like that. I don't even know if you could say that about Ian Kennedy because it's not like he's a he's been a multi-time champion places he's gone and things like that. Sure, but sure. his experience, I think, could be invaluable. That's something that you might have thought you were getting out of Bumgarner, but his experience or his personality doesn't really lend to that. Uh, mm. More importantly, though, it feels like the bullpen has always been an afterthought for this team. Uh, and they've tried to fix it in kind of the ways they fixed their center field problem last year by sticking someone who didn't even really want to be out there out there. And it went as badly as you could have hoped it didn't. Right. So at this time, the bullpen finally feels like something that they are understanding is a key, is yeah. a weakness of theirs and something that they need to actively 
put money towards resolving. Uh, I I still think they'll do something about third base. Uh, yeah, I just, do too. That still seems to be something to me that even even when asked about it, uh, Tori Lavolo and others don't really shy away, but they don't give any kind of direct answer as to how they're going to fill some of the positional needs, you know, and, and Lavolo always gives those same kind of answers when he goes, you guys know, like, you know, where we have positional needs at you, you guys have been watching, you've been paying sure, attention sure. the whole time. So like they, they know that we know, but there are other options I think for them, as far as some of their positional needs, like the, like right field versus third base. I, I still really don't like any kind of proposed plan of a yeah Drew Ellis, Josh Van Meter, Josh Roas battery. I don't think that that is uh, good for anybody. It was nice to hear today, though, Lavolo say that they are going – one thing they're going to work on is uh, guys getting more consistent time at mm. their position. So even if some guy plays first base, they're going to try to keep them, you know, in right field at the most. Right. Like that's the most they're moving sure. over first base to third base, that kind of thing. But, you know, except it, for Dalton Varsho, who's going to Dalton Varsho plays eight, everywhere. He's going to play eight positions every week for Dalton. Dalton Varsho could play the entire diamond by himself and he would still bunt on the shift, <laughs> even if the shift was illegal and it still existed. He'd bunt on it. Um, all right. Well, Ian Kennedy, though, gives up a lot of home runs. There's still a downside there. He's uh, yeah, definitely a lot not, of home runs. And he he's become a pretty one dimensional, um, but like almost in a good way. His best pitch is his four seam fastball, and he and just he's uses the hell out of it now. And he just uses that pitch. He threw so last year, Ian Kennedy threw eighty three percent of his pitches. Eighty three percent of them were four seam fastballs, uh, which is far and away the highest number of his career. He's he started to recognize that's his bread and butter. He's not really wasting his time with the changeup and the curveball as much anymore. Although you will see those from time to time. He has a really good fastball. And now that he's a reliever, the velocity is more 94, 95 uh, than it was when he was a starter. If, if fans remember, he was sitting usually around 91 miles an hour was pretty average for him. So his fastball velocity is, is ticked up a few uh, miles per hour. And he also for the baseball nerds out there like myself, uh, he also is near the top when it comes to spin rate, um, which it basically just means that his four seam fastball plays up. So from 94, 95 miles an hour, it's getting on guys quicker. It has sharper movement um, than a lot of other, you know, four seam fastballs that are even around that same velocity. So there's a reason that he's still successful, even though he's kind of throwing the same pitch over and over and over again. He's throwing it mainly up in the strike zone. And like you mentioned, that's going to come with, uh, you know, he's going to be prone to the long ball. That's going to be part of the of the deal for him. But he's also been reasonably effective. And I'm not sure if a 320 ERA is is necessarily something I would I would project for him again. Um, but he certainly is going to provide some stability at the back end for the D-backs. And that's something they they really need right now. I I'm really liking this bullpen and the way it's shaping up. I won't lie. It's but. really not that bad on paper. It's really, it's really actually somewhat formidable. Um, you've got Ian Kennedy. You of course have Mark Melanson, which I guess we have to address the fact that the diamondbacks have two guys who closed last year. 
Um, I'm going to, I'm going to venture to guess that Mark Melanson is probably the choice there. Um, but you know, Ian Kennedy certainly could fill that role as well. And then you've got Taylor Widener, you've got Noe Ramirez, you have JB Wendelkin, um, you have Caleb Smith, um, who was not particularly good in the starting rotation last year, but was quite good as a reliever. Yeah, really. But, yeah. He was pretty impressive. He, uh, that my only concern there was like part of the fire that burned inside of him to make him that good was like him trying to prove that they were wrong for removing him from the starting role into the into the relief role right so i'm interested to see once he's kind of been given that role without you know obviously the door is always open for any reliever to return to being uh you know a starter right if they do good enough and they can stretch them out and all of that I just wonder how he's going to do. And I, I really like Caleb Smith, mostly because uh, he's a maniac. And I think that every team needs yes. a maniac. And he absolutely <laughs> is that for us. But um, I, I like this bullpen. I like Noe Ramirez a lot. And I like the addition. Yeah. It, I mean, if weird, Noe though, Ramirez because... is your seventh inning guy, that's pretty good, right? Like, yeah. you feel yeah. pretty good about that, at least compared to what this team has been going with the last few years. I also felt like last year, especially what we saw was Tori just giving anybody a chance and that giving anybody yeah, a chance. He kind of had to. I mean, when did. you have no, that no. many guys on the injured list. Yeah, he did. But the problem was, is at a point it seemed like he had no plan. And that's probably because no offense to him. He didn't really have a plan. He didn't, he didn't, you know, know who you know, he, who he could put into this role, who he could rely on, who he could count on for this relief pitching. I think he very much wanted to see guys, you know, maybe go give that, you know, rah, rah speech that gets the guys all hyped up and see which guys can like step up and, and take the opportunity. And no one really did. Right. Caleb Smith did though. And Caleb Smith was a guy that was, was very good for them in that relief role last year. So he, he probably is one of the few that, that stepped up and grabbed that brass ring when Tori was, was asking for it, but then they needed to get him back into a starting role eventually, right? Like they needed Caleb Smith as a starter and couldn't even keep him in the relief role because they needed bodies. Last year was such a disaster that I really find it amazing. People really felt like that was a reflection of what this team is and could be. I get it. I mean, I watched it. I know, I, I know why people think that, but man, with all the injuries and everything that they went through, this, this team was lucky at times to not forfeit games due to not having enough like warm bodies to feel the team, uh, you know? So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that they won as many games as they did, but you could get Jesse's piece uh, on this exact subject, not losing games. You, nobody wants to read that, but on Ian Kennedy over on gophnx.com. If you're not already, this, member, one, this one is unlocked. This one. Is oh, unlocked, never mind. So you you can to, actually you pay for it. Just go read it. Just go read it. Whether you're a member or not, but while you're there, Read Jesse's article, realize how good it is, decide that you would love to get more content like this, sign up to become a member. You can get an annual membership, which will get you a free t-shirt over at the phnxlocker.com, or you can sign up to become a month-to-month member, and we'll hook you up with the first month for just 50 cents. And then you can check out all the articles, decide, again, how much you love all of it, stick around, become a member, become a member of our family, uh, and you'll get members-only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com on our amazing soft-fitting uh, t-shirts as well as get over on our members only discord where we chat about 
baseball season, basketball season, football season, all of this stuff. You can get in uh, as a member because that's what we want. We want to build a, a, a membership of, of, of family members here over at PHNX, and, and hopefully you join the family. Uh, Jesse, last question I had for you is, are you a bit disappointed by the free agency frenzy that we haven't had yet? Uh, today, mm. Matt Olson was traded from the Oakland A's to the Atlanta Braves, which apparently, spoiler alert, means that Freddie Freeman is in fact leaving, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody. Where he goes, though, still remains up in the air. We still haven't seen a lot of guys land anywhere. And I know we talked a little bit about, like, okay, maybe it was because no teams wanted to be those teams on the first day signing guys and making it look like potentially right. they might have spoken to agents or players during the lockout. Yeah, but that's now, over at this point. Now we're, we're totally over that. And we're still kind of seeing things not, it's not like nothing's happening, but things are happening at, at kind of a mild pace. Yeah, it hasn't been, it's not like it's been slow. It's just not been, it hasn't How been crazy like we thought it was going to be right. Yeah. yeah. We thought it was going to be just straight madness and that hasn't really happened yet. Um, look, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, Carlos Correa doesn't have a team. Freddie Freeman doesn't have a team. Chris Bryant still doesn't have a team. The Colorado Rockies apparently are one of the front yeah, runners for Chris Bryant, that about? Which, which still baffles me. Um, I think the Rockies are still a 75 win team, even if they get Chris Bryant, but, uh, but here's the thing. If they're going to pay Chris Bryant, all that money, didn't they already have Nolan Arenado? I know it's, it's utterly contradictory. It's like, no, we, we don't want to, we're not willing to pay for our own homegrown players, but you know, now that we're at rock bottom, we're going to throw 150 million at someone that, you know, from outside the organization, it doesn't make any sense at all to me. I would love to get Patrick Lyons take on this because that is something that again, I can see that might infuriate the Rockies fan base. It seems to me not infuriate them. It would infuriate. I mean, they're probably pretty happy that the team they'd be happy about it. But they're also like, what, like how, how do we reckon this? How do we reconcile this with the decisions the Rockies have made over the last few years? It's, it's just completely inconsistent. Well, and because especially they, you know, one of the complaints has been that they're not paying money to players, right? So then they do this, but then they do it in a time where adding a player of his quality isn't really going to be enough at this point to get them over that hump, especially if they're letting their 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 good homegrown players walk and then just replacing them with another guy that, no offense, I mean, he might be a little bit of an upgrade, might not, whatever, but it just seems kind of like, uh, like uh, it would be like if the Diamondbacks went out and paid another guy a hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars to, uh, be uh the first baseman. You know what I mean? Like for for the team, sure, like sure. right after letting Goldschmidt go, it would be like, why not just pay him? We wanted him. Keep yeah, him. Like, right. how is this guy better than him? Like, we've already attached ourselves to this guy's star, and now you're taking him away from us and still replacing it. Like, I understand if there was friction between the franchise and the individual and they had to leave because things just weren't good uh, but yeah that one's definitely a head scratcher as far as uh chris bryant uh i i don't know what's gonna happen it seems like we're still waiting for like the big piece to fall so then the market yeah. can adjust itself to whatever the hell is gonna happen once one of these guys gets signed right especially carlos correa 
there's just been so many rumors. Like, I, I feel like there's been a lot more talk than there's been actual action up to yes. this point. We're constantly yeah. hearing which teams are pursuing which guys almost more than we're used to seeing in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think John Paul Morosi uh, about three or four days ago now tweeted that Freddie Freeman was expected to decide within 24 hours, you know, and here we are and and we still don't have a decision. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's holding up this entire process. Um, maybe it was the Braves. Uh, maybe it was them coming to terms with the fact that they actually were going to bow out in the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes and trade for Matt Olson instead. And maybe that situation will, will resolve quickly, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if the diamondbacks are going to be in on, on any of those big names, but hopefully from, from their side of things, hopefully there's, there's still some, some interesting stuff to come as well. Well, and I was thinking about that. They definitely had a, uh, I don't know, probably they, they, they have another, 10 to 15 million maybe to still spend on. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. So yeah, Ian Kennedy this year is set to make um, 4.75 with 2.35 potentially in incentive. So the Diamondbacks uh, payroll right now sits probably a little bit under 90 million. Um, And, and Derek Hall pretty much guaranteed that it would be over 90 and that he could see a hundred, 105 even. So I don't know if they'll necessarily get there, but yeah, the Diamondbacks theoretically are not done. They still should have about 10 million, 15 million that they're willing to spend. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, do they find the right third baseman? I think that's the, that's the biggest question. Are they, are they in on Jonathan VR? Um, you know, are they trying to bring back as Drupal Cabrera? I don't know exactly what their plans there look like, but I, I have to think that's going to be their biggest target now that they've shored up uh, some of their their bullpen issues from last year. Well, we will definitely keep you up to date on any moves with the Arizona Diamondbacks and any other moves probably that happen in baseball just because we love baseball. And it's exciting to figure out where these guys are going to go and talk about it once they do. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show, of course, is at PHNX underscore D-backs. Please follow our show. I've been posting some very fun videos. And, you know, they're not for anybody else. They're just for you guys. They're for D-backs fans. Nobody else is going to enjoy them as much as we do. So I hope you guys, I've been playing with the slow-mo camera. I've been doing stuff out there. Yeah, that was um, cool. That, uh, that slow-mo video of Caleb Smith throwing like a high and in fastball to Dalton Varsho. And Varsho just couldn't couldn't uh, get wood on it. That was like it just put into perspective how hard it is to hit a baseball. It's like I don't know. Like, how do you get your hands in on a pitch like that so that you can actually make contact? How do you keep your eye on the ball? How? Like, how? (laughs) How do you not just run back to the dugout in fear? Uh, most importantly, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please follow our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us there at PHNX Sports. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any of the content coming out from our PHNX team. Uh, we There was a hilarious video video from Shane and Sean in Las Vegas and their little shit show, uh, little, little shit show videos. I, I love them so much, but this might be the best thing we've ever done. So make sure to check that out as well as all the other content. Uh, if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there and leave us a five-star review 
we would love you and appreciate you for doing so doing so uh Again, use our code PHNX over at DraftKings Sportsbook and sign up to become a member at gophnx.com. We thank you guys so much again for checking out the show. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when the 40-man roster actually plays games.